So today, the truth that we're going to learn is that God never forgets his own. When we sang, Awake, O Israel, that was picked purposefully. Put off your slumber. The truth has set you free. We're going to read about that today. And as I've gone into Revelation, I've confessed to you all, I've never studied Revelation. I don't think I've ever even really read it verse by verse. I kind of go, wow, this is too crazy. It's like a some kind of a weird dream. I think I'm going to pass. And I haven't passed, and it seems like every single chapter that we get into, God gives me an overall theme. And the theme here is that God doesn't forget his own. The 144,000, who are the 144,000? Wow, there's been a lot of speculation about that. But before we get into who are the 144,000, I want to just review. Last week, we studied the four horsemen of the apocalypse, and you will remember that that dealt with uh, conquest, war, scarcity, and death that will come upon all the earth. Then on Wednesday night, we studied souls that were under the altar, and we talked about how these were those that had been martyred. And I believe that they're martyred from the time of, of Stephen. When Stephen was martyred there with Paul, uh, kind of ramrodding the whole thing on up to the last person that's going to die, the moment before they're seen there under the altar. And then in seal number six, it opened up, and we talked briefly Wednesday, and it's what I call cosmic chaos, tectonic plate shifting. You know, all of the ground on the earth, I think, kind of floats around on a molten ball, doesn't it? Thank you. we, We have a scientist on the back row helping me here. And something is going to happen. Volcanoes are going to be so bad. And we talked on Wednesday night about Mount Tambora and how in the year uh, 1816, there was a year in the world that had no summer. And crops failed. Things died. uh, Trees died. It got horrible. Frankenstein was written. Lord Byron wrote uh, a great epic called Darkness. And it's going to be like that, but a thousand times worse. That's the bad news. The good news is if you know the Lord Jesus, you're not even going to be here. And and that is a totally preventable disaster. Amen. Today, we're going to talk about these that are called the sealed of Israel. And I want to remind you what tribulation is for. You go, well, why is God bringing this horrible tribulation to the earth? Well, the earth is going to come to an end. God made it that way. And the tribulation, as I see, has three purposes. One is to judge the unbelieving, okay? It's going to judge the unbelieving uh, that are in the world at that time. It's also going to be a great time of salvation. Millions of people, if not billions, are going to come to know the Lord Jesus during the tribulation. And lastly, it's going to be God's restoration of Israel. And that's kind of what we're talking about today. Open your Bibles, if you would, to Revelation chapter 7 and read along with me. After these things, I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, on the sea, or on any tree. Then I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God, and he cried with a loud voice to the four angels, to whom it was granted to harm the earth and the sea, saying, do not harm the earth, the sea, or the trees, until what? So till we have sealed the servants of our God on their foreheads. And I heard the number of those who were sealed. These are the sealed servants. And it was 144,000 of all of the tribes 
of the children of Israel. They were sealed. Of the tribe of Judah, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Reuben, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Gad, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Asher, there were 12,000 sealed. Of the tribe of Naphtali, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Manasseh, 12,000 were sealed. Simeon, 12,000. Levi, Issachar, Zebulun, Joseph. Of the tribe of Benjamin, 12,000 were sealed. So what is the message in this chapter? What is this timing of the events? Look here, it says that after these things, he goes on and he says, it was granted to, to harm the earth, to hold that back until these are sealed, these servants of God. So I think the timing of the event is that before these great events happen, where all of those cosmic chaos events that we talked about Wednesday have happened, God is going to choose 12,000 of each of the tribes of Israel, and we're going to look at tribes of Israel, and he is going to seal them to themselves. A seal is ownership. If I put my seal on a document, I own that seal, okay? And he is going to own these, and they are his, and they are his servants, and I have uh, some ideas about what these servants will be doing, but that's who the 144,000 are. I googled, who are the 144,000? that are in chapter 7 of Revelation, and there were 1,610,000 plus hits. There are all kinds of people out there saying that they are the 144,000. If you run into our friends, the Jehovah's Witnesses at the post office on a Saturday when they're there, they're going to claim that 144,000 of them are the 144,000. I just wonder what the others did that were so bad that they're not going to be there. And then... uh, There are some that say it's a limited number of believers, that only 144,000 people are going to be saved. Well, that probably cuts us out because there's probably been way more than that that have come along before us. So I think all of that is kind of nonsense. I think what it is, it is a clear picture of the redemption of the Jewish people. And I'm going to again say the big idea today, God, is that God never forgets his own. Say with me, God never forgets his own. You know, there's, for many, many centuries, there are theologians that have come out and with something called replacement theology. It's mainly in what's called the reformist uh, traditions. It was even before that, back in, I think, the year 300 even. And it led to anti-Jewism. Uh, we say anti-Semitism, but even the Arabs are Semitic. So I'm going to say it's anti- anti-Jewish sentiment on the part of believers that for uh, perhaps... Uh, jealousy or envy that wanted to get things from the Jewish populations that lived around them would have these campaigns against the Jews. And of course, we know that cultivated, uh, culminated in what we saw Hitler do with Kristallnacht, which was really about grabbing their stuff and giving it to our guys, right? Listen what God said. If you think that the Jews have been replaced by the church, I want you to explain to me the meaning of Genesis 17.7. God said this, I will establish my covenant between me and you, you is Abraham, and your descendants, that's the Jews, after you and their generations for an everlasting covenant. It doesn't say a part-time covenant. It doesn't say a cancelable covenant. It doesn't say a maybe covenant for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and your descendants after you. Can you give me an amen? 
So it tells us that God has a special place in his heart, so to speak, for the Jews, for the Jewish people. Don't ever buy into the anti-Semitism that you'll hear churches preach that somehow we replace the Jews. We haven't. You know, God can love more than two groups at the same time. Paul tells us that all of Israel will be saved. I'm not sure exactly how that all happens, but all of Israel, he says, in that day will be saved. And uh, Zechariah 8 through chapter 14 and Revelation 7, which we're in now in 19, reference Israel in the end times. If Israel, if God were done with Israel, they wouldn't be in the chapter that we're reading today. They wouldn't be here. And look what Zechariah said in in chapter 12, verse 10. I will pour on the house of David and on the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace. What's the spirit of grace? It's the Holy Spirit. I will pour out my Holy Spirit, all right, and supplication. Then they will look on me whom they have pierced. So they're going to come under conviction. They're going to look on him whom they pierced. Who did they pierce? Who did we all pierce? All of us with our sins and our transgressions. We pierce Jesus. And they will mourn for him as one mourns for his only son. And they will grieve him as one who grieves for a firstborn. Some of you have lost a firstborn in this group. The Lord is going to mourn like you felt a million times over. Our our Israel will. And they'll look on him and they're going to cry and they're going to wail. And they're going to realize he was one of us. He was us. He was Messiah. This is a cool thing I saw on the internet. It was uh, a mosaic of the 12 tribes of Israel in the Jewish quarter in Old Jerusalem. I've never seen that, but perhaps uh, Wayne and Arena and Michael saw this on their last trip, but I thought it was a a neat thing. And it's just this mosaic showing these 12 tribes. So who are the 12 tribes of Israel? It gets kind of confusing when you're following in your Bible and trying to figure out exactly who they were. Originally, these were the original sons of Jacob that were the 12 tribes. We had Reuben, And I want to say that I have borrowed these black and white slides from Calvary Chapel, Ontario, with their permission. They've written me and said, y'all can use whatever you want. You don't have to give us any credit. You know, isn't that wonderful when people don't want the credit? They just want God's truth and God's word to be shared. I I just wanted to give credit because I don't know how to do these kinds of things. Doreen does, but I don't want to plague her all the time with all of my, my visual needs here. We had Reuben, Simeon, Levi. Judah, Dan, Naphtali, Gad, Asher, Isaacer, Zebulun, Joseph, and Benjamin. So those were the original 12, and then it changed a little based on the allotments of land that we looked at in the book of Joshua. Remember when we went and saw that? Reuben had an allotment, Simeon had an allotment, but Levi got cut out. Do y'all remember that? Levi cut got cut out because... What uh, God said to them is that you, that I am your inheritance. So the Levites were the priests that ran things, and they got a portion of all of, you might say, like a little income tax that came to them. And then there was Judah, and we know that Jesus was from the tribe of Judah. And then there's Dan, and we're going to talk about Dan here in a minute. Naphtali, Gad, Asher, Isaac, or Zebulun, and then Joseph got cut out. Why did Joseph get cut out? He really didn't. What happened was Jacob, when he saw him, said, I want to give you a double portion. So 
So Joseph disappears, and his two of his sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, ended up taking place and are some of the 12 tribes. And then last we had Benjamin, which was the little brother of Joseph. Now what's interesting in this passage today, these are not the people that are listed. And the prior people are not the people that are listed. We have Reuben, Simeon, Levi now reappears. You see at the top I have plus Levi. Joseph reappears. See him over in the right if you look up here. I know this is kind of quirky, but I thought we should look at it. And then Ephraim Ephraim goes away, but he's really there in Joseph. And then we have Dan. Dan's gone. So one of the things that has been people have asked is, why in the world is Dan uh, not in this chapter? What happened to Dan? And, uh, And I called our resident theologian, Dr. House, and he gave me many long explanations and what people believe. And at the end, he says, I really don't know. So, so anyway, I have it on higher authority than my own that I don't know either. But I want to share with you a couple of the kind of funny things that people say. Number one, Dr. House, and I, I've read this other places, said that some believe that the Antichrist is going to come out of Dan. So they think, well, Dan disappears out of this chapter. I don't see anywhere that we know that the Antichrist comes out of Dan, but that's something that people are out there saying. Another thing is the egregious sins that were committed by the tribe of Dan. You go, well, what were the sins that they committed? Remember, when they were given one portion, they said, well, we don't, they didn't end up conquering it. And they said, we want a better place. And they made this decision to move up north and take some other property. And not only that, they go, we don't want to have to go down to Jerusalem to worship. So let's just set up our own temple up here. And they put a golden calf in their temple. And curiously enough, after the Assyrian captivity, Dan disappears. So uh, Dr. House proposes, and I think perhaps this is, uh, has merit as well, that at the time this was written, Dan really didn't exist. So it wasn't even something anymore in, in the people's uh, ideas when, they, when John saw this. There are other claimants, Mormons, some of them think they're the lost tribes of Israel. Have you all ever heard that? Uh, we've heard that. I see a few folks shaking their heads that grew up in that, in that Mormonism. Well, the fact of the matter is zero evidence supports the Mormons' claim. There, there's no DNA evidence that they're related at all in any way to any of the tribes of Israel. The Jews are the Jews, and the Jews are the Jews. Secondly, when I was in Ireland, I heard another crazy thing, that the Tua Jedanan, as we say in Irish, that means the tribe. It started off saying the tribe of the gods. All right, that's what this says in the Irish language. And then it says the tribes of the gods, Danan. So they go, well, we think that we're, some of them over there tell me, we think that we're the lost tribe of Dan. Well, again, there's zero evidence of any of that. The Tuatha de Danan were a mythical group of superhero kind of people. Uh, that were in Ireland, and that's where that whole fairy lore comes from, if you've ever heard of Banshee and all that. That's where all of that came out of. So I think the fact of the matter is, is we can't know for sure why Dan's not in there. So if someone tells you, hey, I know why Dan's not in there, they really probably don't know, but they're pretending they do know. So what do we know for sure? If that's what we don't know, what do we know? Janie, thanks for laughing. I think it's funny. We know, first off, these were servants of God, Okay. We know that they're sealed to the Lord. That means they were saved unto him. And we know that they're Jews. God never forgets his own people. He never will. And all of the rest of it is conjecture. 
Now, I read those great books by Tim LaHaye. Did any of y'all re- read Left Behind and all that or watch it? And I kind of like what uh, Tim LaHaye says in there that these 144,000 will be what I call like super evangelists. And many of us have sat in this very room and listened to the teaching of, remember when that Christian rabbi, Rabbi Daniel Snyder, came in our first year, we supported him in his television ministry. And when Daniel spoke, guys, I don't quite understand, but there was a power in the way he spoke. And I think if you were here, you can shake your head and nod. And I think it's going to be 144,000 of Daniel Snyder's turn loose on the earth. Can you imagine that? How he impacted us and, and thousands, hundreds of thousands of others that watched him on Daystar. It's kind of like a guy out there in the background that I listen to. And, you, you know, and I don't have to ever preface to you all and say, I don't, now I don't believe everything this person. I don't believe everything that anybody says other than the Bible. Okay. But there's this teacher out there, preacher, Jonathan Kahn. Some of y'all have read. I think his stuff is stunning. And I think it's going to be like 144,000 Jonathan Kahn's turned loose on the earth. Yeah, wow. How odd of God. And he is going to bring his people, not only remember them, redeem them, indwell them with his Holy Spirit, and turn them loose like super Jedis, okay? It's going to be something. You're almost wishing you weren't saved because you want to see it all. I, 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 know, I know Scott, he wants to go. So will Dan ever be redeemed? And I think this is so interesting. Uh, Rabbi Daniel taught us a term, miktam. And a miktam is a message hidden in another message. And there's a miktam in here today that I think is so interesting as well. If you're saying, what do you mean hidden in another one? Well, Irina, you know what those Russian dolls look like. Y'all have seen them. I've only seen them. I saw one some at a museum there, you know, you open the big doll and there's another doll and another doll and another doll and another doll. The Bible's kind of like that. And when we were back in the home fellowship and we would take a passage and my young Alex would be listening, he would say, gosh, it means that. Wow. And it means that. Oh, and it means that. And he told us, all. So I said, you know, the Bible's kind of like a big onion. You pull back one layer and there's another layer there. You guys, it is like a big onion. But it's like the sweetest onion you ever had. And it's like honey. Well, if Dan disappears in chapter 7 of Revelation, Paul, Dan reappears in Ezekiel 48, 1 through 2. When all the tribes are regathered in the millennial time, the millennial reign of Jesus, the Bible is very clear that Dan will have a place among the inheritance. Again, it's like God's not only telling us, hey guys, chapter 7, Uh, He's telling us, I never forget my own. And he's saying, not only that, I remember my own, even unto the tribe of Dan. Isn't that something, y'all? I mean, that really impacted me. And he remembers his people, even unto favor, even unto Paul, even unto Scott. When you think that you've messed up and done it all wrong, you know what? You are going to be restored even unto the tribe of Dan. That's how much grace covers all of us. I woke up with this on my mind today. Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed. Because his compassions fail not. His compassions and his mercy, guys, are renewed every morning. Why are they renewed every morning? Because I have a different need for mercy. And I have a different need for compassion, Gloria, depending on what I'm going through today. 
And in the same way that God, that the word of God is different every time you read it, isn't it different? You know why it's different? Because it's alive and powerful and it ministers to you in your need today in that same way, his mercies and his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Oh, the Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I have hope in him. Hallelujah. Amen. I mean. So what are these 144,000 going to be doing? Are they just running around? We have a clue here. I think we're now looking at the fruit of the 144,000. I looked and behold a great multitude which no one could number, uh uh-oh, of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues. You mean there's going to be all kinds of colors of people? You better believe it. So if you've got a racist bone in your body towards any kind of people, you better look out because they're going to be worshiping next to you when you get to heaven. Standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands. These are all the believers that are going to come to faith through the preaching, through the ministry of the 144,000 Jonathan Cons and Daniel Snyders that are turned loose on the earth. They're going to be clothed in white robes. That's a picture of righteousness in the Lord. And they are the fruit of the ministry of those. And what are they doing? They are all involved in worship. They're crying out with a loud voice saying, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels stood around the throne and the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne, worshiping God, saying, amen, blessing and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving and honor and power and might to our God forever and ever. Verse 13, then one of the elders answered, saying to me, who's me? John, John's sitting, listening. Who are these arrayed in white robes? Where did they come from? And John said to him, sir, you know, in other words, he's saying, I don't know, but you know, who are they? And he said to me, these are the ones who come out of the great tribulation and washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. So these are those that are going to come to know the Lord, and it's a giant multitude. And I remember I did the math for you a couple of weeks ago on the 10,000 times 10,000, and it's hundreds of millions of people. And, and uh, it says, therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple, and he who sits on the throne will dwell among them. And then these great words of comfort, they shall neither hunger anymore, they will not thirst anymore. The sun shall not strike them, nor any heat, for the Lamb who is in the midst of the throne will shepherd them and lead them to living fountains of waters, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Guys, we're going to have a day when there's no more sorrow, no more pain, no more cancer, no more blood diseases, no more problems, no more kids gone crazy. No more financial problems, and God will wipe away every tear from our eyes. God never forgets his own. You may feel forgotten, and it's been a long time since you feel like God knew what you were going through. Let me tell you, he knows exactly what you're going through this very second. And he never forgets his own. I want to read Acts 2, 14. I've got it marked in my Bible. That kind of went away quick, didn't it? Acts 2, you don't have to turn to, but 2, 14 through 20. And this is Peter preaching there 
in the very beginning of Acts. This is on that day of Pentecost, okay? It says, And Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said, Men of Judea, all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you, and heed my words, for these, these guys aren't drunk, if that's my translation, as you think they are, since it is only the third hour of the day. It kind of makes you wonder, are they going to be drunk later in the day? Don't know. But, but this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And this is Peter quoting Joel. And he's quoting, guys, what's happening that we're looking at in, Revel, in, in Revelation chapter 6 and 7. And it will come to pass in the last days. What last days? The last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your, your young men shall dream dreams. They shall see visions. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy, and I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath. Guys, this is not talking about us. I've heard churches get up and say, you know, this is what's happening now. God's doing this. We're dreaming dreams and seeing visions. He's talking about the Jews in the end of time. And how do we know this? Because we don't have right now blood and fire and vapor and smoke all going on around us, the sun being turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And that is still a promise to us. Whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But I just wanted to share my heart today that I believe that this chapter, the big, big idea is that God doesn't forget his own. God keeps his promises. Never forget anyone in here that Jesus was a Jew. In fact, he's the Lion of Judah. Y'all know why Jews are even called Jews? Because they're from Judah. That's the the trace that we ended up being able to follow now in, in the world. And so these are these are the tribe of Judah. And his title proclaims, because he's the Lion of Judah... He, and I thought, what is what are the characteristics of a lion? I was thinking about it. Strength, power, glory in the forest, you know. And he is the strength and the power and the glory of Israel. Remember when we watched the wonderful testimony in there uh, of the Jewish guy speaking? He said, when I accepted Jesus, it was the most Jewish thing that I've ever done. And you know what? We're grafted in, guys. We're full participants. We're the wild-rooted vine they got grafted into the good stuff. Can you give him praise and glory and say hallelujah? His redemption is to all the tribes of Israel, and it's even unto Dan. Dan that did so much wickedness and so much horrible things is going to be redeemed and has an inheritance. And the same thing's offered to us. If you've never accepted the Lord Jesus, he's available to you right now in the twinkling of an eye. You open your heart to him and you just say and pray with me. Lord, I thank you for loving me and saving me. And Lord, in the way that you never forgot the Jewish people, Lord, you're not going to forget me when I put my faith and trust in you. So Lord, I do that today. And I ask you, Lord, to make me new, make me new from the inside out through the deposit of the Holy Spirit into my heart. We thank you for these things. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor Larry is very, very ill.